G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. Well, some of the world's brightest Christian speakers who specialise in Bible prophecy are about to descend upon Australia. It's timely because happenings like war between Israel and Hamas or the escalation of the threat of nuclear war with Russia's invasion of Ukraine, advancements in artificial intelligence or the biological threats that come with pandemics weigh on the minds of people around the world. And as Christians, we're increasingly aware that these happenings resemble so closely many of the predictions from the Bible about the last days. Pastor Tom Hughes, as well as Pastor Billy Crone, Pastor Brandon Holthouse and Mondo Gonzalez, are among a group of speakers who are travelling to Queensland this weekend. The Until He Comes Prophecy Conference is on at the Dream Centre Church on the Gold Coast. Pastor Tom Hughes is founder of... Hope for Our Times, and a founder, too, of more than 400 churches. He's been teaching Bible prophecy for over 30 years and helps people understand what the Bible calls the last days. Our privilege to have Pastor Tom Hughes on the line with us from Southern California. Tom, welcome along to 2020. Oh, it's great being on here. Thank you very much for having me. Tom, the conference that's coming up this weekend, you'll be unpacking how everything happening globally is aligning with Bible prophecy. How do you see things overall? Uh, I see things, well, if you know the Lord, overall, it's really good. Although there's there's obviously disturbing trends that are taking place. Uh, we've been through the last four years of, of what we all know uh, here in America. Uh, we were looking at what was going on in both Australia and New Zealand, uh, just to the north of, Amer- of the United States. We have Canada. Canada and Australia were both going through some very uh, challenging things, to say the least. Uh, but and we're watching all these different things develop, whether it be things going on with Russia and Iran. Uh, obviously, Israel is the focal point when you look at the Bible. But then we have, uh, you even mentioned, uh, we have pandemics and the threat of more pandemics. Uh, we have the the what's coming, uh, digital currency is coming, uh, central bank digital currency, which is different than some of the things that are out there right now. But all of these things, ident- global identification, you start putting all of these things together and many more, and you think, okay, I can tell exactly where this is going because the Bible warned us. And the Bible warned us so we would be prepared, not so we'd be afraid, but so we would get it. We'd be able to connect the dots and we'd be able to tell what is going on. So we're, we're sounding the alarms. Uh, I love it when we talk about getting prepared for a lot of believers, though. Uh, they wonder what that means. Uh, and often we'll talk about this sort of thing at the end of a conversation that can sound quite alarmist, like the conversation we're going to be having yeah. at this hour. But when we talk about being prepared... Uh, We're not talking about just being fascinated, are we? Or following along or 
even the thought that fear might be a motivator for our actions. What are your thoughts about believers? And as these things are uh, unfolding before our eyes, what is it that we need to be doing in preparation? Uh, That's a great question. And uh, I think of it like this. When John the Baptist came, uh, he, uh, he warned of a judgment that was coming. And he, at the same time, he used the warning of judgment to talk about the mercy that was there. So he was baptizing people so they could recognize, hey, there is hope, there's forgiveness. And we do the same thing when it comes to prophecies regarding the second coming of Christ. The Bible's clear, there's judgment that's coming, but in that, hey, there's mercy and there's grace and there's forgiveness. I, I, would, I would put it this way. Uh, the Apostle Paul, he, he often likened the Christian life to running a race. And we think, you know, you see the Olympics and you have a, a race, you got all the runners in it, and it's a long race. And they're running pretty hard the whole time. They're professional. Well, they're almost professionals. They're, they're Olympic athletes. It's pretty impressive. Not everybody can make that place. So they're running the race. They're running along at a pretty good clip. But when they make the final turn and they see the finish line, every single runner in the race does the same thing. They run harder than they ever ran before. Even the one that's in last place is running harder than he did. Even if he knows he's not going to win, he's running as hard as he can. We too, when we put all of the prophetic scriptures regarding Christ's second coming into place, we go, wow, we can see the finish line. Therefore, what should we be doing? We're going to run harder than we ever did before. We're going to let people know what's going on. We're going to let them know why things are going on the way they are. Uh, And we can look at things. You can look at the World Economic Forum. Uh, You can look at the UN. You can look at World Health Organization. And you start to connect. You go, oh, wow, the Bible warned us of these things. Therefore, so we go out, we warn, but also the Apostle Peter wrote uh, when he was talking about the events of the last days. He wrote in 2 Peter chapter 3. He said, therefore, since all these things will take place, what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God? So we, we recognize, wait a minute, I want to be prepared. I want to live for the Lord, but I also want to tell others about the Lord. I want to be about my father's business. So rightly understood and rightly taught, a Bible prophecy will motivate the Christian to live how they're, they're supposed to live, to be ready, but also to tell others, hey, there is hope. But there, a warning, there's judgment coming, but there's hope. And the Lord is the one who will forgive you. And there's great hope in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Running harder, rather than hiding your light under a bushel, there's a certain sense in which some who get fearful about end times yeah. or doubtful or concerned about uh, whether we look a bit weird if we're talking about these things, there's a temptation for some, isn't there, to hide that light under a bushel. But uh, we're, of course, called to let our little light shine and be bright. And so when you understand that these things are happening and that these things may well be related to the last day's events that Jesus talked about, uh, this is something that we need to be very attentive of and not let our light uh, be hidden. You've just arrived back from a visit to Israel. Israel, of course, Tom, is central in a lot of these end times, last days prophecies. What are you gleaning from your visit to Israel? 
Uh, well, it was it's a, it's different when you're there than everything you hear in the news. Um, it's much safer there than most people realize uh, because the war that's taking place is in the particular area known as Gaza. And you, you know, I don't I've never taken a tour group into Gaza before. So the area we traveled was safe. However, we visited uh, hostage families. That's heartbreaking. Um, you, we visited uh, some of the kibbutz. Uh, could be seen that were hit by the terrorists. Uh, the most the most uh, difficult thing for Israeli Jews and all Jews alike to deal with is the anti-Semitism that is taking place. It's been exposed. It's throughout the whole world. Um, it, it's like we, we see it in the West. We see it here in America. Uh, I know there's been some demonstrations in Australia too. Uh, but we—it's understanding. We've—we've we've got to put everything into the right understanding of what the Bible actually says, and the Bible guides us. We know that Zion, the Jerusalem, is the Lord's. Uh, he chose Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob for a particular reason. He gave them the land, and he also—we uh, have the messianic prophet pro, uh, promise. The promise of the Messiah would come from the Jewish people. What we witness taking place is a spiritual battle. And right now, the way I look at it, with all the anti-Semitism, I know it's been some challenges in Australia, but here in the U.S., it's been unbelievable. It's been exposed everywhere, the universities, the media, um, and you hear, hey, get rid of all the Jews from the land of Israel. Um, So we're watching this take place. It's an increase, uh, and the Bible does tell us in Zechariah chapter 12 that in the last days, that the whole world will come against Israel and specifically Jerusalem. And we can watch this develop right now. Would you say that that rising anti-Semitism is something that you can take uh, the scriptures at the word as uh, we're able to interpret those? Because if the nations of the world are going to have their arms aimed at Israel, it's going to start with a rising anti-Semitism. So is anti-Semitism itself a fulfillment of a biblical prophecy for the last days? Uh, I would say it will have its fulfillment during the coming tribulation period. So what we are watching right now is everything developing to that place. Um, And we're seeing an increase of everything, uh, an increase of pest, all the different things that Jesus spoke of that you would see leading up to the last days. There'd be wars and rumors of wars, pestilence in various places, earthquakes and so forth. Anti-Semitism is one of them. In the Olivet Discourse, Matthew 24, Jesus talked about the hatred that will continue to increase. Lawlessness will abound, and right on down the list. But anti-Semitism is tied into uh, Israel, the people of Israel, the land of Israel, and, and and absolutely because this becomes the is the focal point of all last days prophecies. In fact. When Jesus said in the Olivet Discourse, Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke chapter 21, he said, when you see all these things begin to take place, look up and lift up your head because your redemption draws near. What was he talking about? All the different signs regarding the second coming of Christ and the nation of Israel being surrounded, the nation of Israel uh, being pressured from all the world, all the world turning against her, which includes the Jewish people, not just the geographical location, and 
uh, the events of the last days would not have a placeholder for any particular generation unless the people of Israel were gathered back into the land at that time. So we see all these different things taking place while the people of Israel, the Jews, are continuing to gather back into the land of Israel to make it their their homeland, their citizenship, their aliyah. Tom, let me ask you about other uh, very significant conflicts that are happening in the world, and the one that comes to mind for most will be, of course, Russia's invasion of Ukraine and what appears to be developing into the most significant threat of nuclear war that we have seen in decades. Does this figure in biblical prophecy? Any thoughts from you here? Well, in a sense, yes. I I wouldn't say directly we don't have Ukraine mentioned. Um, Russia, as as you map out world history, Russia is clearly the land of... uh, uh, Magog, and then you have other people groups that are in their nations. But what I find interesting, what we're watching is a geopolitical shift and the forming of what is coming. And in, in the Old Testament book of Ezekiel in chapter 38, Ezekiel writes about a time when Russia uh, will invade with Iran and Turkey, Sudan from the south, uh, the, uh, Libya also coming with them will invade Israel at a time when Israel is in peace. What The way I see things developing, and I've been saying this for years, so I didn't just start saying this last week, I've been saying it for years, and even when October 7 came around and Israel's hit with the terrorists, is, hey, out of this, the Gaza war is going to develop extreme world pressure against Israel, international pressure, to have some type of peace plan. Because when Russia, according to the Bible, Ezekiel 38, when Russia invades Israel, it comes at a time when Israel is dwelling in peace and safety. Israel's not there yet. That term for peace that's there in Ezekiel 38, it literally means tranquility. So something's got to develop out of the war in Gaza that will lead Israel into a future peace. I think it's going to be a promise of world power saying, we'll guarantee your safety but then Russia is going to invade still at a future date. Also interesting, though, since you mentioned Ukraine, what we watch Russia doing is they are pushing in a particular direction, not into Israel. But in Ezekiel 38, God says, I will put hooks in your jaws and I will turn you around like a fish that has been turned around. The fish is swimming away from the boat, like Russia going into Ukraine. God says, no, I'm going to turn you around, hooks in your jaws. I'm going to pull you down. In other words, I'm going to pull you the opposite direction you're going, and I'm going to pull you down uh, uh, to the land of Israel. But God says, ultimately, he's going to step in and fight for Israel. So when it comes to Ukraine and the pushing the direction that Russia keeps going, God says, no, I'm going to stop that. I'm turning you around the opposite direction. Tom, interesting, isn't it, to be able to give modern names to some of the ancient names that we'd read in the Bible that would be associated with the prophecy? And sometimes there's controversy around those. But interesting, isn't it, too, that there are world powers that don't get a mention in the Bible? And I'm talking about your homeland in the United States. I'm talking about my homeland here in Australia. We don't get a mention. Is that significant? I think it, it is. It's, it's probably more significant to Americans than anybody else because I'm sure you see it from Australia. Americans seem to think they're the greatest people in the world. And when I mention, hey, 
America is not in Bible prophecy. I tell you, over here in the States, I get so many people mad at me for that. And they say, it's just, it's not a world player. I said, none of the Americas are. Uh, and, and I try not to mention Australia or New Zealand not be mentioned either, but they're not. And some people will say, well, they're all, all part of the young lions of Tarshish of Ezekiel 38. Well, at most, which I don't believe is the case biblically, but some say it is. So at most, then we're just a, a player in the sense of someone who protests certain things are going on. But, there, but the United States of America is not a superpower that it currently is when it comes to uh, the tribulation period that is still in the future. How much in the future, I don't know, but everything is shaping up that direction. And I'm sure you guys down under look have got to look at America thinking, you guys got the craziest president in the world. What is wrong with you? How could you possibly have a president like that? How could this, be, this person be running the United States of America? And then you look at, I mean, we have more wokeism here in America than you guys have. We have more wokeism in America than Canada has. I mean, the, the, the insane things that come out of the media here, out of Hollywood here, out of the politicians here. I mean, people over here, I don't know, I hope you don't have it there. People over here are allowed to identify as a cat and have a litter box to go to the bathroom in. This is insane. And it seems to be okay with, you're looking going, the people, so, but anyways, America is not the superpower that it currently is when it comes to the last days. So something's going to happen to it. Uh, wokeism, the president, a war, um, some type of collapse, a rapture, uh, economic, whatever it is, something's going to happen to America that will eliminate it from being the power broker of the last days. And that might be a shock to many that there may be a demise of America as a superpower and that Australia doesn't get a mention in there too. And some have often thought that with some of the tribulation uh, that we might actually align with the promised land, but how that all works around the world. So if you're talking about nations that are not Israel, of course, Israel and the prophecy about the covenant around the land, the promise by God for that land, uh, other nations around the world, we are the Gentile nations. How do we figure in Bible prophecy, do you think, Tom? I, I think individually, and I think that's probably the best way to look at it. I do know that both Australia and New Zealand have had a significant uh, history with uh, the nation of Israel. There's, I mean, I, I heard a story the other day that was just incredible. I'd never heard it before, and it had to do with uh, uh, a, he was a Jewish man. He ended up uh, fighting on uh, Israel's behalf. Uh, I cannot remember if it was in 1948 or 1967. His body is buried in Gaza of all places, and I said, "Has his body hasn't been dug up yet?" Because you know you have Hamas in there, and they don't deal lightly with certain things. He goes. He said, no, his body is still there. Uh, Israel knows his body is still there, but he was e either a New Zealander, what do you call them, Kiwis down there? Is that what New Zealanders are? They are. Kiwis, Kiwis or an Austra <laughs> Australian is one or the other, but there are some very interesting Jewish connections in both Israel and New Zealand to the land of Israel, and I keep hearing about them. In fact, I believe there's a, a big march coming up uh, next week or something like that. Uh, pro-Israel march. It, it's really fascinating to watch. But ultimately, when we see it, we don't see the land masses that we see or the nations that we see that our players are uh, Jordan, Egypt, uh, 
Syria, Iran, uh, we know Russia is, we know uh, much of Europe is, if not all of Europe is a player in the last days, obviously Israel, we know parts of, uh, most of Africa is, but we do not see Australia, New Zealand, or the Americas in there, any of the Americas, uh, North America, South America, Central America, none of them. We're back to our conversation with Pastor Tom Hughes about the end times or the last days. Tom Hughes is founder of Hope for Our Times. He's about to arrive in Australia for a major conference this weekend. And the conference is going to be on the Gold Coast at the Dream Center Church on the Gold Coast, the 2nd and 3rd of February. It's called Until He Comes Prophecy Conference. Tom, let me ask you about the cryptocurrencies that we mentioned earlier. Uh, Not just Bitcoin or the thousands of other startup crypto outfits, but the sort of state-sponsored crypto. How does this figure as Christians think about end times and Bible prophecy? That's a great question. Well, the the digital currency that's coming, state-sponsored digital currency, great way of putting it, is different than what we currently have with like Bitcoin. So the with Bitcoin and the others on the market now, they are decentralized and the government doesn't have control over them. So what is being um, told to the public is, hey, we're going to have a centralized bank digital currency, CBDC, meaning it will have a control, hence centralized. When this happens, uh, everything that you do is going to be controlled. Um, everything you spend will be mon- – they're going to know everything on us. There's no way to escape this monetary system. Uh, it, it's something right now that a whole lot of people are resisting and saying, hey, we are not going to go for it. We witnessed the last four years of madness that these these world uh, – these unelected officials have been uh, pushing on us, the Bill Gates of the world and – and on down the list, we, we, Yuval Noah, Harari's, uh, the Klaus Schwab's, we've witnessed all that. Now we hear of CBDCs. So the problem, uh, how, how will they get past the resistance of people who say, I don't want a centralized bank digital currency. I don't want to be tracked. I don't want to have an identification. I said, how are they going to get away from money? I asked one of my tech friends. He said, well, it's going to be easier than you think. He said, when suddenly you find out supply chains are shut down and there's no groceries at your grocery store for three days and you have no money in your bank account, guess what? People are going to jump on board real quick because it's going to be sold. Hey, we have the solution. There's just an economic collapse, but now we have this digital currency. You can have groceries again. We'll get the supply chain going again. It's going to be wonderful. All you got to do is receive this mark. All you need is this identification you will have digital currency deposited into your new digital bank account because the way they're they're selling it, Klaus Schwab said in 2015, almost what, nine years ago now, uh, by uh, 2030, you'll own nothing and be happy. And when we look at the economic situation of the world, it's, it's not just the Western world, the entire world, there's economic challenges that are enormous. There, oh, there's eventually going to be an economic collapse. I know it's there will be one in the tribulation period, but there will be an economic collapse that will give the power and authority to the people in charge. And the way they're going to be able to really take the charge of the people is through a digital currency. 
Of course, many banks here in Australia are closing local branches. Uh, concern to many, but the thought of going digital and getting rid of cash. A quick thought from you, should we fight for cash or should we assume uh, that digital currency and all the control that comes with that is something that is inevitable? Is there wisdom we get from the Bible around that? Okay, well, all right. Well, it is It is going to happen. You know, I mean, I can look at Bible prophecy and say, Okay, Israel's going to be surrounded by our neighbors, but I'm still going to stand up for what's right. I can say Russia's going to come against Israel, but I still got to stand up for what's right. I can look at the last four years of a pandemic and uh, some of the solutions that were offered and say, hey, wait a minute, I know there's going to be a mark of the beast. I know there's going to be an identification on your right hand or forehead. Same thing with the digital currencies, but I've still got to, I'm, I'm going to be part of making sure that I sound the alarm and warn people that this is coming. I, I, I must do what's right. Eventually that day will come when they will do this. But at least if I can warn people and sound the alarm, they'll be prepared and realize, well, wait a minute, the Bible said this, therefore there's hope. This is what's happening with the global leaders. They have no hope. I have hope. I believe that the Bible is true. I believe that God has created a place called heaven. Uh, and describe this heaven. It's going to be glorious. Heaven is my home. The apostle Paul wrote, our citizenship is in heaven. For me, that is exciting. So when I look at this world, this world and the crazy systems that they're developing, this is as close as I'm ever going to get to hell. Because when I die, I'm in the presence of the Lord in the place the Bible describes as heaven. But these global leaders, they have no, they have no thought of God, no thought of heaven. And what they are doing, they are attempting to build their utopian world here, heaven on earth, where they are going to be gods. Yuval Noah Harari even says such thing. Hey, you will be like God. You will never die. The lie of the serpent in the Garden of Eden. But this is as close as they're ever going to get to heaven. So they are building their heaven here on this planet. And what that means is you've got to control the people. You've got to control the masses. You've got to control the flow of, of uh, not just the economy, but all things that are done. So they've developed follow the science, uh, which they now promote science as being your God. Well, what's their science? Science is whatever they tell you it is. Uh, they, you know, they, they, we don't have science like we used to have that was willing to be tested and teachers were willing to be asked and challenged. No, you're not even allowed to question the science anymore. So all these things are being manipulated against us because they are building their utopian world. Building a utopian world and already the move from a Christian spirituality in the West to a secularized society and add to science artificial intelligence and the thought of uh, what some refer to as the deuce human, creating the perfect human, uh, these sorts of utopian goals. Let me just uh, press you a little more on utopian society and the tyranny that has to go along with that, the control of the people in order to bring your utopia about and what that means really when we talk about where Christians and the gospel and the Great Commission might fit into all of that. Well, that's a, there, there, there's a lot in there, so redirect me anytime when I start answering <laughs> uh, answering this. So uh, this will be some of the topics that are going to be covered, just what you're asking in a detail at the conferences that are coming up. But um, so, yeah, they're talking about transhumanism 
and uh, you know, Elon Musk has Neuralink, and Elon Musk isn't the only one that's saying, hey, we're going to have these brain Im- implants, uh, the lame will walk, the deaf will hear, the blind will see, uh, mimicking the miracles of Jesus with uh, technology. And it's this type of thing. So developing a superhuman. But when you, and when you put AI and you connect that with quantum computers, uh, quantum technology, listen, there, there's nothing that can be withheld from these people. In fact, what's interesting about this, I mean, they're, they're talking about being able to read our minds and not just read our minds, being able to project what we're going to do. Uh, in fact, the system that's being built is going to know us better than we know ourselves. That might sound kind of crazy, but they're talking about it. And it, and the fact that they're, they're talking about the technology, they're saying we're only a year or two away. That means they've already developed the technology. They just want to get this into the, the minds, literally, and the bodies of the, the masses of people. Can we put that in the same basket as uh, when we talk biblically, false prophets and deceivers that we're warned about for the last days? Uh, does some of this fall into that category where we say that's a warning sign? I would say absolutely. So you have someone like Yuval Noah Harari who's already who's been saying, not just him but others, hey, we're going to re AI is going to write a new Bible because the all these other religious books, they have errors. So AI is going to write it correctly. And this is what people are going to think. Whatever AI develops is going to be correct. I even will take it to a step to say AI is going to be very instrumental in the image of the beast. In Revelation chapter 13, we are told that no one will be able to buy or sell unless they worship the beast and or his image. And so I believe AI is going to be this image of the beast that's going to be created. It's going to know every single thing there is about you. Um, With that, there's an AI Jesus. So we have AI Bibles. We have AI Jesus. AI is already, already known to be able to create books out of nothing um, and and create a, 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 give a book a cover in a second. You can ask, in fact, this was done just, uh, I think it was about six months ago. I think it was with ChatGPT, and with ChatGPT, that's even been uh, surpassed incredibly just in the last several months. So we, the, the question was asked regarding a particular history subject. This AI in, actually had the ability to deceive. The AI creates a full-on term paper and then created two books to support the views of the paper. And it said, well, here's the books. Well, guess what? Those books didn't even exist. But AI created the books, created the covers of the books to support something that was totally deceiving. So Jesus himself said, hey, in the last days, there's going to be a false Christ. Be careful that no one deceives you. In fact, he even said the deception will be so great that if possible, even the elect will be deceived. AI will increase in the coming months. By the end of 2024, the deception that's coming will be uh, far superior to anything we can even imagine right now. In fact, this month in, uh, in Los Angeles, they're going to be in Los Angeles, California, they're going to be introducing a full newscast that is all AI, artificial intelligence. I mean, they already have, they, AI already creates people that aren't real, that look like people. 
No doubt there are going to be some benefits for the Christian church and for the dissemination of the gospel using AI. But in your thoughts here, is there something of a caution about looking for the authentic gospel, the authentic minister of the gospel, pastor, or, you know, you could talk about apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers and say, where do we find those authentic ones? Do we have to protect in some ways the authenticity of those who are carriers of this message because of the possibilities that things could go astray? Thoughts from you on that, Tom? Well, I would say it's not just possibilities things will go straight. They already are without AI. I mean, there's a lot of false preachers that are out there right now. I could list a host of them here in America, but they're out there. False messages. This isn't the the Jesus of the Bible. I mean, how many pastors now uh, that I know of in America that say, hey, you can't trust in the Old Testament. It's not reliable. Well, you can't trust most of the New Testament. Let me explain to you what you can trust, right? So they've already eliminated most of the Bible, right? That's man without AI. So listen, this this book is really, it's my, my dog ate part of it. So, <laughs> but this book, the Bible is literally, we're, I believe we're gonna need the written word because of technology. Listen, right now technology is used for great things and bad things, right? Technology in and of itself is not evil. It's used for this program. We use it all the time. I use it all the time, and it is used. AI essentially uh, just uh, it's a, it's a, it's software that's just on steroids, I guess you could put it. So um, technology right now, even AI right now today, can be used for some good things, and it is being used for some good things. A medical field and, and on down the list, you can put it. But the problem is, without having this written word, then you can be deceived exceptionally easy. I, I'm encouraging people, listen, it's a, I know this is gonna sound scary, I don't wanna scare everybody out there, but Bible apps are eventually gonna go away. I know this because the powers that be keep telling us, hey, there's disinformation out there and misinformation, we have to control the narrative. Uh, many of the people you have probably talked to have been censored in, in one form or another, I have been. So, you, I mean, we've watched what's been done. You couldn't say anything. You could not question Anthony Fauci in America. Couldn't even question it. If you, if you did that on a online platform like my own, you were cut off. So when we see that and they're saying we got to control the information, well, the problem is this book confronts the religion that's coming. The re, and the AI is going to reproduce what the programmers put into it. And and uh, they're going to be have that bent. So if there's a bent without God, that's the direction it's going to go. So don't discard your printed hard copy of the Bible. Uh, get a reputable translation and uh, hold tight to it. Hey, talking of books, uh, your latest book is called Marking of the Masses. And uh, no doubt there's reflection in there around what has gone before over these previous three or four years, uh, mandatory injections and the control that we've seen around the world. Um, thoughts here on marking the masses, on being caught up in what is an end times scenario that we can read in the Bible? Yeah, great question. So uh, real quickly, I'll tell you how the, the book came about. What happened was my, I had a conversation with my dad 
and I recorded it because I had heard the story before. And in 1961, he worked for a tech company called Teledyne. And uh, there were some of the big names in the tech industry were part of it. Claude T. Shannon, the uh, father of information theory. Um, Arthur Rock was in it. Uh, Henry Singleton, Gordon Moore, Moore's Law, and so forth. It was Teledyne and a few other tech companies. They were all small companies. I think my dad said Teledyne had five people at the time, but they were these brilliant physicists. The reason my dad worked for him is because out of college, he was a chemist at his master's in chemistry, came on as a metallurgist to help develop uh, the, to help continue the, the uh, performance of the transistor, uh, the chip. So that's why he was brought on. How do we make it better and better and better and smaller and smaller and smaller? That's what my dad did. So it's 1961, and he went to a party one night. It was in the Bel Air area of Los Angeles, Beverly Hills area. He's up on a hill. It was the different tech geniuses of that time. Uh, all of them were there. He said one of them came up and put his arm around my dad. They're looking down at the Los Angeles basin, and he said, you know what, Jim, one day we're going to control all of those people. My dad said he knew he wasn't talking about Los Angeles only. He's talking about the globe. And so we have the, and here we are 60 years later, and we look at this and we can see the technology, but this is more than technology. What is needed for these globalists to control the masses of the people? They need the hearts, they need the minds. Hence you enter in something like wokeism that we have here. Uh, uh, a boy is a girl, a girl is a boy. We have all the talk about climate laws. Listen, climate laws, they're really climate lies. There's always been climate. There's always been changing climate. We have weather. It wasn't that long ago when we used to call it weather. If it rained one day, we call it a rainy day. Now they say, well, it's raining because of, because of man-made whatever. No, it's raining because that's what it's supposed to do every now and then. I live in a desert. Guess what? It's supposed to be 115 degrees Fahrenheit in the summer. It's always been that way. Suddenly, it's the fault of, uh, of somebody driving a, a big vehicle with, that uses gasoline. Now, all of these things are used to manipulate the masses. We have the social justice warriors. Uh, it's the, the brainwashing has been done. I, I, I look at it like this. Here's what's happened. Technology hasn't even been implemented into the brains of people yet, like Neuralink, to change them. What's happened is brainwashing, the gaslighting. People are already brainwashed and manipulated in their mind just by the deception, the wokeism, the lies that we are constantly told. Um, there was a, a Soviet, uh, he was a defector, his name was Yuri Bezmenov. Great interview, 1983. He said there's four things that the communists need to do to destroy a people and to take them over. And he gave an example of how they did it in Czechoslovakia. He said, you demoralize the people, hence wokeism and everything else. You destabilize the people, that's been done. Then you create a crisis, a crisis so big that then they, that they have to come in and fix it. And he says, so the four stages, demoralize, destabilize, create a crisis, and then normalize. He said, in Czechoslovakia, we did all these things. After the great crisis, the tanks rolled in and we said, now it is normalized. We're in control. That's what they are doing. They're saying, they're gonna, I, I personally believe crises, plural, are going to come with the intent it's necessary 
for these globalists to seize their power. Well, it, it worked first on cities, then states, then nations, and now as uh, we're discussing about the last days, the end times, this sort of control can happen globally. And coming back just quickly as we tie a loose end or two together, we started talking, Tom, about our response to understanding that there are biblical prophecies and that so many of the events around the world align so closely with those. You said early on, uh, run harder. Uh, Don't hide, but run harder. Uh, Just a, a note of encouragement from you at the end of our conversation about where we take information like this and uh, how we get into a run-harder scenario for our own lives and our own families. Well, I I will look at it like this. It's a great wake-up call for the believer to, you know, the believer that's just been kind of lazy, doesn't tell other people about Jesus or something like that. Hey, our life is short. Whether we're raptured or we die, our life is that dash in between the day we're born and the day we die. And we want to make the most of it. The most of it. Um, Jesus himself uh, talked about rewards. We know the Bible talks about there's going to be a reward for the believer. When I get to heaven, I want to hear the words of Jesus, well done, good and faithful servant. So whatever platform you have or whatever your world is, your family, your neighbors, uh, people you work with, don't be shy anymore. You don't have to be bold. You don't have to be, I mean, you don't have to be a jerk. You don't have to be in their face or threaten them or anything like that. But you go, you've you've got to be conscientious of the fact that we have the hope of eternal life within us and we get to tell other people about it. And also, this is something else to keep in mind, everyone. Virtually everybody in the world, I don't care where they live, everybody on this planet knows something is wrong. And, and, they want an answer, and we have it. Listen, the devil and his people will give them their answer, and that is happening. That's what's happening with the World Economic Forum and the UN and everything else. We have the answer. Everybody, we have the answer, and we can say something like, hey, don't you wonder why all these things are taking place? Guess what? The Bible said all these things would, not to scare us, but that we would know that this word is true. And we have salvation and forgiveness and hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to get people to that place of hope. But use the current situation not to scare people because they're already scared, but to give them peace, to give them hope, to help them understand, oh, I have a future if I trust in Christ. Pastor Tom Hughes is the founder of Hope for Our Times. He's about to jump on a plane And he's arriving in Australia this week for a conference on the Gold Coast in Queensland. The conference is called the Until He Comes Prophecy Conference. And you can connect with Tom. You can also get a ticket to go to this conference. It's on at the Dream Centre on the Gold Coast this weekend, 2nd and 3rd of February. Here's the website, hopeforourtimes.com hopeforourtimes.com and you can go to the Until He Comes Prophecy Conference website uh, to get details about the live stream. So wherever you're listening in right around Australia, details of that live stream, hopeforourtimes.com 
or Until He Comes Prophecy Conference. And you might want to keep an eye out for Marking the Masses. That's Tom's new book. He'll be in Australia with a host of amazing Bible prophecy teachers for that conference this weekend. Pastor Tom Hughes, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with our listeners today on 2020. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Can't wait to see everybody in in the land down under. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.